Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. the rich keith show here we go you're now rocking with the rich keith show on your radio you to the chronicles from a topical comical and knowledgeable boston sports talker dropping in hotter than a tropical climate breaking news he supplies it and you want the truth scoops keith will find it he's talking about all the sports and he's also a hashtag dork And a father of two sweet daughters The leader of your squad for you evening marauders And night commuters Tune in and sit tight Six to ten, more like six to midnight Ow, the mic's hot on a Night's Watch crew Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox too Doing this since the Rich Keith Project Now he's got podcasts and Twitch stream content KWFE on WEEI It's the Rich Keith Show So here's your guy Oh, Welcome into a Friday, the 13th edition of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. We are uh, solo tonight. No heart, no Fitzy, no Cadillac. So uh, you can call in. We are here until 9 o'clock tonight, and then it's the uh, Boomer Esiason football hour. So you can join us, 617-779-7937. If you can't stand the sound of your own voice, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. You can also jump in the old Twitch chat. You can watch the show. Just follow WEEI, and you can also, uh, you know, comment in there as as you would. Now, Stiz, a Friday the 13th in October feels like it's got to be the spookiest possible day that you could ever have. It is perfectly perfect, Rich. Yes, it perfectly is. Perfectly perfect. <laughs> and so uh, the Friday the 13th movies, by the way, I, I ranked them prior to the show today. God bless you. Most of them are bad. Yeah. Most of them aren't great. Once he started going places, you yeah. know, like Jason in New York, Jason yes. in space. I was going to say, that's a good point. So, Jason takes Tokyo. You know what? This weekend, probably not the best weekend to go to a camp by the lake or Manhattan or space. These are all places where he'll get you. So you want to avoid those places. I would say the first two and then the reboot and Freddy versus Jason are all maybe worth watching. Yeah, for sure. After that, yeah, you got to be a real real diehard to uh, to get involved. Speaking of being a real diehard, the uh, New England Patriots season is off to a uh, a poor start to say the least. 1 and 4 taking on the 2 and 3 Raiders on Sunday. And a pretty simple question. With everything that's going on right now with this team and how they've looked the last 2 weeks, who is this a bigger game for, Mac Jones or Bill Belichick? Simple question, perhaps not a simple answer. Uh, Yes, it's important for both of them. But if you had to choose, which one is it more important for? So I still feel like the in-season job for Mac Jones is more in jeopardy than for Bill Belichick. Now, I know there's some stories written about how, well, like, hang on, hang on a sec. Robert Kraft isn't just going to sit by and, you know, not fire Bill Belichick if things get really ugly. But I feel like Mac Jones is holding on to this job with with like like the we like just barely barely hanging on to it and the only reason why he still has it is because Bill O'Brien and probably Bill Belichick look at Bailey Zappi and say no nope he's he's not it and Will Greer he doesn't I guess know the playbook or they're not comfortable enough with him and then even still 
If they're like, hey, it's Will Greer is now the starting quarterback, what, what is our response? How do we feel about that? Like, season's turned around. And, like, not just the season, but, like, does that mean next year it's even better? Now, I'm definitely of the, uh, at this point, anybody but Mac. So I am of the belief, let's see what Bailey Zappi looks like for a, a whole game. Let's see what uh, Will Greer down the line looks like for a whole game. But I don't want that to be the 2024 plan. That is the let's get through this year uh, the best that we can. There's 12 games left. And after the uh, the first two games, or I'm sorry, the last two games that we saw, that feels like such a daunting task. Now, for some that have called about the Malik Cunningham, like let's see Malik Cunningham. Well, Bill Belichick didn't exactly poo-poo it in the press conference today. In fact, he was saying how he's improved. And basically, anybody who improves, like, will eventually see time on the field. I think there was a uh, was a Jeff Howe report was talking about how uh, they were working with him a little bit, uh, Malik Cunningham, this week. So maybe there's a chance you could possibly see him. Yeah, he tweeted out that long ago. Uh, he goes, here's a fun one. Quarterback wide receiver Malik Cunningham has been part of the Patriots game plan this week against the Raiders. He goes, but there's a caveat. With seven players already ruled out and 10 more listed as questionable, they may need to use his promotion activation elsewhere. Uh, TBD? To be determined, a shorthand for to be determined. So, like, that's probably something that they didn't want out there. They're probably annoyed as hell, like O'Brien and Belichick. Be like, ah, we're trying to, like, sneaky work in Malik Cunningham, and now it's already out there on a Friday. But just a different dynamic, and if you have a horrible offensive line, which they do, Maybe you find a, a a a quarterback who can scoot a little bit. Maybe create some own or their, his own plays. I'm not going to look at what he did in the fourth quarter of a preseason game and be like it's screaming from the mountaintop that he needs to play. But it is something a little bit different. I would use I would use him. Wouldn't start him necessarily. So whether you go with Mac Jones or eventually Bailey Zappi, why can't there be some plays for Malik Cunningham? You got again. You go back to last week and the decision to punt on fourth and three from the New Orleans 40-yard line down 24 points in the third quarter. Maybe Malik Cunningham can pick that up. Maybe you have a quarterback who's athletic enough or you put him in like a little boot out. Maybe he can throw or he can run. You're obviously not going to do that with Mac Jones. I mean, he'll get chased down by anybody. The guy on the opposite side of the field that's not even paying attention can chase down Mac Jones. But maybe Malik Cunningham can pick that up or at least give yourself an opportunity to do it. So I'm interested in that. Now, how mentions the injury report, which is lengthy. This There's a lot of fellows on the injury report. So seven players have already been ruled out, and another, what is it, like 10-plus are questionable. So no Pop Douglas, no Juju Smith-Schuster. That was kind of inevitable. Neither one practiced all week. Both are dealing with a concussion. And so to me, it's like your best playmaker, uh, probably your best playmaker on offense, and Pop Douglas is out. The... Just wild disappointment in Juju Smith-Schuster is out. Kind of addition by subtraction. Not to pile on the guy who's, you know, dealing with a conky all week, but still, he has not helped the team at all. In the week that you're going right up against Jacoby Myers, uh, he won't be there. So, Tyquan Thornton, who's been activated off of uh, the IR, maybe we'll see, we'll see some of him. I would assume you see some of him, but he's also questionable. So those two guys, not a huge shock there out. Matt Judon, not a shock at all. He just has not been on the IR, uh, so he remains on the injury report, whereas you know Christian Gonzalez you won't see on the injury report. But so your two wide receivers, Matt Judon, uh, Cody Davis, okay, that's fine. Riley Reef, Riley Reef, who gave you like 
a little like glimpse into some decent offensive line play last week. And maybe I'm grading on a curve. But Riley Reef, you're like, all right, maybe he can factor in. Maybe Riley Reef can kind of balance this out. He'd been out all season. He was one of the offseason signings. And nope, he's out. He's got a knee injury and he's out. Uh, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. is also out, as is Cole Strange. I think, are we all ready to, to call that a giant bust of a pick? I mean, I was even last year. First of all, the moment they took him, I'm like, that's a mistake. Like, you can't take a guard in the first round. I know it worked out with Logan Mankins, but that was also a team that was coming off of, what, three Super Bowls in four years, and you could you could draft sort of like a guy that could plug and play, and uh, you had so many good players on that team. You didn't need a quarterback. You didn't need, uh, like, most of your defense. Like, that team was was pretty set. And so they went and got Logan Mankins, and he was great. I still overall wouldn't take a guard in the first round, especially one who uh, was projected to go in the fifth round and played at Chattanooga. He got benched a couple of times last year. Now, this year, it's injury, and you're like, all right, well, how can you, you know, rip the guy uh, for, you know, for not playing? Like, that position in particular the old best abilities availability. Like, you need your first-round pick guard to be healthy enough to play, and he hasn't. And even when he has been out there, I don't think he's been very good either. So Cole Strange is out. So you got a number of offensive linemen. you got two wide receivers, and uh, you also have all these guys questionable. So even this long list of guys that are questionable, some of them might not play. So Christian Barmore, Trent Brown, Kyle Duggar, Trey Flowers, Devon Godchow, Jonathan Jones, Mike Onwenu, Tyquan Thornton, Josh Uche, and Sean Wade. So it's just a, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess on the field. It's a mess health-wise for this team. And it's only week six. But that's what's also kind of crazy about it is everybody feels so bad about this team right now. And you should. And yet it's still really, really pretty early. Now, one in four seems like a pretty tough hill to climb out of. One in five would, would be pretty bad, especially losing to a team like the Raiders. Now, kind of a coin toss game. Raiders are three-point favorites uh, at home, so or two-and-a-half-point favorites or whatever it is uh, most recently. So it's it feels like it could be – it's a very winnable game, maybe the most winnable game outside of the Zach Wilson game. And even the Zach Wilson game, you did have a good defense on the other side with the, with the Jets. But circling back to the question, who is it more important for, I feel like if Mac Jones has another dud, he's probably benched. And at that point – you're talking about him costing himself so much money. Like, not just the fifth-year option, which is very unlikely, I would think, at this point, but just every starting quarterback in the league makes a ton of money. Like, if you sign him to a contract extension, it's way more than it should be in a lot of cases. And so Mac Jones, after his rookie year, you're like, all right, well, you can, you know, two years from now, like, the conversation will be, do you extend him and how much and all this other stuff? And it's just sank like a stone since then. So it's clearly important to him for his – uh his future this season, but then his, his long-term future as well. But then Bill Belichick, I do think it's more important for him because right now he's the one that's getting blamed for everything. Like you hear all the national media members talking about how bad the roster is, and that's not Mac Jones's fault. The offensive line stinks, not Mac Jones's fault. The receivers are bad, not his fault. The defense, maybe not quite as good as we were hoping for. I don't think it stinks by any means. Like the offense is is the major problem. Although special teams is also pretty bad. There's like a lot to choose from when it comes to the Patriots and their issues. And Bill Belichick's the one in charge of of all of that. And so you know, after the really bad loss to Dallas, I was like, Belichick would never get fired midseason. 
Then they lose to New Orleans in the way that they did. And I'm like, still don't think so. However, what is Robert Kraft's reaction if the Patriots lose to Josh McDaniels, uh, half his coaching staff is former Patriots, a bunch of scouts, a lot of their players, including the quarterback and the wide receiver who you said no to. Like, if you lose to that team following these two weeks, and then, oh, by the way, after the Raiders game, you have the Bills and the Dolphins, two of the best teams in football. Like, this thing could uh, get pretty ugly, or even uglier, I should say. It's already ugly. All right, you can join the program here tonight, 617-779-7937. We're starting Patriots. Who do you feel like it's more important to, Mac Jones or Bill Belichick, as they take on the Raiders this Sunday? Uh, you can dial us up at 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show. Right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Wow, Rich, is there any good news? I don't, do you have any? Oh, my God. some? Friday the 13th, I guess. Yeah, that might be what it is. That's the problem. Here's what's trending. The Patriots are two days away from their week six matchup against the Raiders on the road at Allegiant Stadium in Nevada. The Pats have seven players out for Sunday. Those players are Cody Davis, Demario Douglas, Matthew Judon, Riley Reef, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cole Strange, and Tyrone Wheatley. And another 10 players are listed as questionable. That includes Christian Barmore, Trent, ba- Trent Brown, Kyle Duggar, Trey Flowers, Devon Godchow, Jonathan Jones, Mike Onwenu, Tyquan Thornton, Josh Uche, and Sean Wade. Phew. Mac Jones will be your starting quarterback. However, Bill Belichick spoke with the media earlier today. He had some nice things to say about Malik Cunningham. Malik's really um, worked hard and, and made a lot of improvement. Um, um, he can catch the ball, but just, you know, route running and, you know, finding zones and things like that. But it's, it's come pretty naturally to him. And then plays a good amount of quarterback. He's competent there. So he's a smart kid. He works hard. And he's, the opportunities he's had, he's actually looked, he's shown a lot of improvement doing them. Like, it's a little too early for an induction ceremony here, but it's, but it's definitely a lot of improvement. Kickoff against the Raiders Sunday at 4.05. The Chiefs beat the Broncos last night 19-8 to during Thursday night football in Kansas. The Chiefs are now 5-1. and Patrick Mahomes threw for 306 yards, had one touchdown and one interception. The Bruins won their first regular season game against the Blackhawks 3-1. They're back at it tomorrow night when they'll host the Predators. Puck drop at 7 p.m. And a little bit of MLB playoff news. The Phillies are going back to the National League Championship Series for the second time in a row taking the series against the Braves 3-1. to They'll take on the Diamondbacks Monday night, and the American League Championship begins this weekend when the Rangers will face the Astros Sunday night at 8-15 in Houston. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Ritz Keefe Show coming up right after this. This is the Ritz Keefe Show on WEI. WEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Back here at the Rich Keefe Show on a very spooky night, Friday the 13th in October. My God, be, be safe out there. And so when I mentioned my uh, quick Friday the 13th, like the hierarchy of the films, Stiz, we have multiple people saying that Friday the 13th part four is the best one or one of the best ones. I did have it ranked fifth. That was also called the final chapter, which and is... And what was that <laughs> one again? Is appro- which is appropriate. Yeah, the final uh, you had uh, Corey Feldman, You're like a little Tommy Jarvis action. Oh, the Tommy Jarvis, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 
Yeah, Corey Feldman in the 80s was in every good yeah, movie, wasn't he? Come on, Oh, yeah. my God. And All a lot right. of people actually get their start in horror movies. You're damn right. Yeah. Kevin Bacon in the first one. Kevin Bacon, that's right, yeah. in that one. Johnny Depp. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Aniston in Leprechaun. Jennifer Aniston. Good one. Paul Rudd was in uh, <laughs> yeah. Halloween 6. That's right, yeah. Paul Rudd. Yeah, there's a ton of good ones. Uh, all right, let's go to the phone. 617-779-7937 as the uh, Patriots, after back-to-back horrible losses, take on the Raiders this Sunday. Talking about it with you. Nate is in New York. He joins us next. What's up, Nate? Hey, Rich. How you doing? Good. Hey, um, it's kind of it feels kind of weird as a, as a Boston sports fan that uh, it seems like the Bruins and the Celtics are the best-run teams in the, in the state right now. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yep, they are. And, and I was wondering, do you, th- is there any way the Pats could go to Thomas Dimitrov and be like, Hey, we'll pay you what we're paying Belichick. Just help us pick out some receivers or something. I mean, it's, it's possible. And, and thanks for the call, Nate. So I go back to this, like, as far as Bill Belichick coaching while not choosing the roster, I don't think that's happening. I, I really don't. I understand why a lot of people want to bring that up, and especially when it's somebody like Dimitrov or Pioli or like somebody that he'd worked with before, but Bill always had final say. It was still Bill's roster, and I'm sure he took uh, input, you know, maybe more from some than others. Like maybe he trusted Pioli a little bit more than Dimitrov, maybe a little bit more than, uh, you know, Casario or Macro, whatever. But I just feel like here it's all or nothing. It's either he's going to be coaching the team and picking the players or at least, you know, being the main guy in charge there or not. And it's funny. He brings up all the teams. I mean, you have the Celtics right now way out in front of everybody else, like way out in front. The Bruins, it's hard to kind of figure them out after last year's regular season where last year. As the regular season was playing out, we were going back and forth, Bruins, Celtics, Bruins, Celtics, who has a better chance to win? You know, depending on what night you were watching, you felt like it was one or the other. And then, obviously, they get uh, eliminated in the first round. A couple of their best players retire. A couple of the guys that they, or all the guys they acquired at the deadline, all uh, don't re-sign. And so now you're trying to wonder with them, whereas the Celtics are the favorite or one of the two or three favorites to win the title. The Bruins should be a playoff team. The Red Sox just finished last in the division, and the Patriots are trending towards finishing last in the division. So even though over the last 20 years, Patriots and Red Sox have way more titles than the Bruins or the Celtics, right now, I mean, it's not close. Celtics uh, doing better than everybody, and then, yeah, probably the Bruins not too far after that. Uh, We got Nina in Maine. She joins us next. Hey, Nina. Hey, Dork. How's it going? (laughs) It's going pretty great. Good. Um, I was listening to Jones and Mego earlier. Jones said that he thinks if Patriots get absolutely stomped against Buffalo and Miami coming up in the next couple of weeks that he's going to get fired. I just want to get your opinion on, I don't see any benefit of Belichick getting fired midseason. It's not, one, who's going to come in, and two, it's not like they're going to be a playoff team or a Super Bowl contender if he leaves. So why not just wait till the end of the season? I'm with you. Yeah, I I think that's the more likely scenario because what is the alternative? So basically, if Robert Kraft, and let's play out that whole scenario, right? If that's what Jones was saying, let's say they lose to Vegas, which would be a a tough loss, right? Because Vegas is not that good of a team. It's all the old familiar faces, all those guys over there. And so if they lose to Vegas, then it's very likely they could lose to Buffalo and Miami. At that point, you're one in seven. That Brutal. Is crazy. <laughs> it's great. No, it's nuts. Oh, man. 
one in seven. I mean, there were years where it took two seasons to come up with seven losses, and they might lose seven games in the first half of the year. But even if that plays out, then what? So you, what, fire Belichick just because you're getting a lot of backlash from the fans, and then you put in charge who, Gerard Mayo, and you're like, hey, Mayo, you turn this team around. Or Bill O'Brien, like, hey, your offense has been going so great. We're going to promote you. Now you you figure this out. They're still going to stink. And then they might even win a couple games because then they got Washington, Indy, and the Giants would be their next three games with a bye week mixed in. Those are all, for anybody, winnable. Now, those teams are also saying the Patriots game is winnable. I get it. But still, I don't see the point of taking the greatest coach of all time. And even though he has... He has kind of uh, tore this thing down from the inside with some of his roster decisions. I don't, I don't think you need to shame him in the middle of the season and just completely embarrass him. And then to like to what end? You're not going to go on this run and win. Even if you go 500 the rest of the way after that, you're like a five win team. So I don't really get that. I wouldn't do that now. There'll be more. There'll be uh, more and more people advocating for it, and so does Kraft listen to that outside noise at all? Does he feel the pressure? Does he say, "Hey, you know what? I got to actually step in and, and do something." So you know, not that it's a scapegoat necessarily, but I guess in a way it kind of is. Is that what he? Is that what he's thinking? But like, see, I was I wasn't going to get it, let it get so bad that I'm going to move on from Belichick. I just think you let him play out the whole year, however many wins or losses it is. And then at the end of the year, you're like, that's it. Like, that's it. And we're not really – we'll give you the option on how you want to spin it. If you want to retire, uh, great. If you want to uh, – we could mutually part ways, great. Uh, if you don't and you're just, like, dug in on it, then, like, then we're going to have to fire you. And, like, that's not – I'm sure Robert Kraft, going back four years ago, could never have imagined a scenario where they were going to say goodbye to Tom Brady – he was going to win the Super Bowl the next year. And then three and a half years later, he was going to have to fire Bill Belichick. Like, talk about life coming at you fast. Yeah. What if I told you? <laughs> I know, like, there's no way that's a believable scenario. I saw earlier today, the Red Sox have scored more points in October than the Patriots. Six to three. Stop it. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. Yeah, Andy Hart had the... Uh, the New England Revolution and the Patriots are averaging the same number of points over the last oh, uh, couple man. of games. Yeah, no, the offense is just a, it's it's the it's become the laughing stock of the league like it was last year. You know, last year every Monday you would get Dan Orlovsky or whoever like his equivalent on the NFL Network was, and you know when they stand up there by like the big screen and they can like circle everything and they're like, all right, let's take a look at this play from the New England Patriots. Like, see these two guys, they're running into each other. That shouldn't happen. And like. See this? This is a five-step drop. These guys are all turning their heads like it's a three-step drop. Like, the whole thing. This year, it's a little bit less of the running into each other, but it's just nothing doing, nothing cooking at all. I mean, three points in two weeks in 2023. Like, that's the other part of it, too. Like, this isn't even football from 20 years ago. 20, 30 years ago, even, you'd be like, yeah, okay, team pitch a shot. There's a lot of good defenses. It's like, no, every single rule is to benefit the offense. Like, they're begging you to score points. They want 5,000-yard passers and, you know, 2,000-yard receivers, 10 touchdowns, all that stuff. And they scored three points 
against Dallas and New Orleans. Now, the Vegas defense isn't great. Uh, they have one good or one great pass rusher in Max Crosby. And even average pass rushers look like great pass rushers against the Patriots. We already know they're going to be down at least Cole Strange and Riley Reef. Trent Brown, Mike Onwenu are also on the injury report, so we'll see if, if those guys can go or not. But, yeah, this thing has uh, fallen off the rails, even, even in season, way more than I ever would have imagined. Because the Philly game feels like forever ago, but that Philly game, they lose 25-20 to the defending NFC champs, and you're like, all right, they made Jalen Hurts look kind of mortal. The defense did a pretty good job. Mac Jones threw three touchdowns in that game. Doesn't that feel like 10 years ago? He threw three touchdowns. And, uh, yeah, they lost. But I remember going back to, uh, you know, that week right after, being like, you know what, that's a good start. That's a good start for them. The offense looks like at least it's sort of a uh, – could be an average offense. And then it got worse each week. Like, you think about that. Five straight games where they've scored less points each week. So this isn't the old Patriots where they might take a little bit to build. They might start off two and two, and then they'll still finish thirteen and three or fourteen and two for God's sakes. This is not that by a, by a long shot. They scored twenty points in the opener, followed it up with seventeen, then fifteen, then three and zero. I think it was Andy Hart earlier in the week pointed out they can't get any worse than that. So there is at least that aspect to it where they can't score negative points this week. But, yeah, I just think it's it's brutal. I don't think he can get fired, but I also never would have imagined two weeks in a row these types of results. Like when the game, when they lost to Dallas, and CBS puts up the graphic graphic immediately after the game. They're like, that is the worst loss in Bill Belichick's entire head coaching career. So even those bad teams in Cleveland, his first year in New England where they were 5-11, and 11, they he had never lost a game by 35 points, ever. I know it's a lot of points, but I feel like the guy's coached a million games. You'd think that would have happened once. And then to follow up a 35-point loss with a 34-point loss where you don't even score? Yeah, I don't know how – I mean, like, legit can't get a whole lot worse. This was also the first game, the New Orleans game, where it was impossible to find – somebody that played well, like they were missing kicks. They were missing tackles. They were just, you know, turning it over. It was everything. So it's got to look better than that. Like that's sort of the one thing I guess you could fall back on. Uh, So I don't think Bill Belichick can lose his job, although it seems like he is really kind of pushing it to the brink. Whereas Mac Jones, I think should be able to lose his job. I mean, they're sticking with him so far. Maybe they're just waiting for Will Greer to understand enough of the offense. Maybe Malik Cunningham can get a little bit more. Not that he's going to play the whole game, but maybe, you know, based on some of these reports, maybe we're going to see a little bit more Malik Cunningham. So that, to me, is promising, uh, but we shall see. Uh, Burt Breer was on uh, early edition NBC Sports Boston yesterday, and this is also not a great thought for the rest of this season. Again, we're in the middle of October, so there's a lot of football left. But here's what uh, Breer was saying about sort of the uh, where the Patriots are at right now. I think the focus of this season has changed as far as I as far as I'm concerned. The focus of this season right now should be to figure out your roster, figure out your future, because they're clearly not good enough. The team's going nowhere. They could wind up finishing last in the division. The Jets look like a better team than they are right now. And I think right now it's about assessing where you are as a franchise. And that means getting a, as clear an answer on who your quarterback is. And we've talked about this for a while now. 
as clear an answer on who your quarterback is so you can make a final decision on whether you're going forward with them after the year. And picking up that fifth-year option is going to be a very big deal when we get to April and May. I feel like now, if you're going away from Mac Jones, based on what we know about Bailey Zappi now, based on what they did to pick up Will Greer, it's not like we're, we want to see what we have in the other guy. It's we're going with anything but Mac right now, and we don't think we can sell Mac to the locker room anymore. And if you get to that point, then you've made your decision on the fifth-year option, and you've made your decision that you are going to be actively looking for quarterbacks in 2024. There you go. On to 24 already. I mean, that is wild, although I agree with most of what he's saying. And I also think the Mac Jones part of losing the locker room is pretty significant to me too because it felt like for two years – Everybody had Mac Jones's back, whether it was after a good game or it's a lot easier to, or even after a bad game. And there was a lot of bad games last year. It seemed like the team, both offensive guys and defensive guys, really liked Mac Jones. Something's changed. It does not have that same feeling anymore. You know, whether it's David Andrews or Hunter Henry and sort of, you know, they're, they're professional answers. But when you read between the lines, you know, David Andrews was asked about, you know, Mac being the starter again this week. And, you know, he's like, yeah, we'll support anybody who's here. Uh, I, I got belief in everybody. I got belief. If they're on this football team, they're here for a reason, right? Um, including myself, including everybody in that locker room, right? We're all here for a reason. We're all here for a purpose. We just got to go out there, um, do a better job as a football team overall. We got to do a better job helping him. Everybody's got to do a better job. So, Yeah, I feel like a year or two ago it would have been like, Mac's our guy. We yeah. support Mac. We love Mac. And, you know, we all got to do it together. Now he circles back to like the we all got to do it together, but – it's, hey, we're a team, we like the whole group, we'll support anybody. That's like a really nice way to me of kind of being like, no, this guy's not it. And then if you believe the uh, the story that his friend said, you know, basically called all the guys on offense trash and how a chef can't make trash taste good, which I would disagree. I think Ratatouille would prove otherwise. <laughs> that guy was made, it was a tremendous <laughs> chef. But... If the team also doesn't really like him, like now all of a sudden it's a lot easier for Bill Belichick to make that change. Like maybe it'll actually be met with, okay, good, finally. You know, there's a lot of problems on the team, but that's one that maybe you can help solve. Maybe you, maybe they rally behind Bailey Zappi a little bit. I don't know. But it does feel like uh, kind of a lost season once again. And, you know, the rookie year for Mac Jones was solid. The second year for Mac Jones was just littered with excuses like, oh, well, all this stuff around him is bad, so how do you really know? Well, now it's the third year, and there's maybe some people still holding on to that. And, you know, because the offensive line is bad. Like, it is hard to get kind of established anything. But he does have a real offensive coordinator, and it also seems like his attitude has changed. So I think more and more people are ready to say goodbye to Mac Jones. And right now, you know, barring just a complete shift in how he plays, how could you possibly give him the fifth-year option? The fifth-year option for... First round picks, uh, the money goes way up, so it balloons up. Now it's still not you know like forty million like Daniel Jones is making, but it but it shoots up, and then usually those guys end up, you know, resigning with their team to some degree at like big big money. But I think you got to just pull the plug. Like I really don't think it is Mac Jones. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be the one to solve this. I don't think you know you're not going to be able to all of a sudden turn your roster into the Forty ers roster. Like you're not going to. Next year, say, hey, we're keeping Mac Jones, and we're going to give him two all-pro uh, wideouts, an all-pro running back, an all-pro tight end, and a better offensive line. That's impossible. Like, you just can't do that overnight. So you're going to need your quarterback to, like, lift other players up. I don't see Mac Jones as doing that. 
I felt like it's kind of gross to talk about draft picks in October and you know tanking, or as the guys on the Six Rings podcast would talk about, the uh, we're not tanking, we just suck, like that that whole thing. But with Caleb Williams sitting there, and I know Caleb Williams, you know, in his camp and all that stuff is saying that he's only going to go pro for certain teams. I would test that theory. I would I would test the theory. And if it's not him, then it's Drake May from North Carolina, who's also an awesome prospect and, and could be a stud in the NFL. And you're probably going to swap coaches. You're probably going to swap all kinds of stuff. Like, to me, Bill hit on it. Bill hit on, we need to start over. He said that after the uh, Saints game, said we need to start over. Now, this week, I don't know how you do that. Like, your roster is what it is. Your coaching staff is what it is for right now. But in the offseason, that's probably when Robert Kraft does want to actually start over. And you can do that with a really high draft pick. You can do that with a new coach. You can do that with a new coordinator. And I think that's probably the road they're going to go down. 617-779-7937. Let's go to uh, Jesse in New Bedford. He joins us next year on the Rich Keefe Show. What's up, Jesse? Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, I, I got a few complaints here. Uh, my, right. my, my, first complaint is, my first complaint is, you know, you're saying, you know, uh, Mac Jones ain't it and all that. But you're leaving a couple things out. Yeah, not right now, but uh, what if he does stop playing good? And everybody's already saying that the weapons ain't that great, the lines aren't that great. So if he comes out and starts playing better than what he has been, that changes his story. Yeah, my, but my how – so real, real quick, Jesse, I'll let you get to your second point. But, like, based on yeah. what we've seen, how likely do you think that scenario is, that he just plays better? Uh, uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's a high probability because people seem to have amnesia about his rookie year. When his, when a rookie came in with not that great of a roster, then brought his team to the playoffs, and he was the only one that really showed up in that Bills game. Went toe to toe with Brady, and I think my opinion outplayed the goat that game. I I know a lot of people say different, but I think he went toe to toe with Brady that game. So he's proven that if you give him a real offense, well, I mean, I don't, know weapons, I, know, I don't know if he's proven. I mean, the two games you brought up, they lost both those yeah. games. And you can probably find a lot of quarterbacks and point to two games that they yeah. played well, like Baker Mayfield and Gardner Minshew. And... Yeah, yo, you, yes, no, you, I kind of overstepped there. I know what you're saying there, but you, you just said two games. But, okay, then I'm pointing to these two games that he didn't play well and he could also play well. And this, my last real point is yep. everybody would talk about Max's attitude, his attitude, his attitude. But nobody seems to call out Hunter Henry. Everybody's talking about he had his hands in the air and Andrew saying, oh, we'll support anybody. But um, come to find out, I watched the All-22, too. Nice. And uh, Andrews didn't play that good. And um, Henry hasn't been balling out either. So before everybody points fingers at Mac, everybody's going to look in the mirror. So if we're going to get on Mac about that attitude and then hearing about the defense pointing fingers at practice, that's not a good attitude either. Why don't you get behind your quarterback? And so does Bill, and so does this franchise, and let's give him a fair shot. That's all I'm saying. We just got to keep it fair. We got to keep it real. Have a good day, guys. All right, Jesse, thanks for the phone call. I think the whole offense stinks. Like, so I would say, you know, they're all kind of like they're the Spider-Man meme. Like, they're all kind of pointing at each other like, I had a bad game. No, I had a bad game. I also had a bad game. I don't see a positive future. Like, Jesse's very positive on it, and that's great. Like, if you can somehow watch these last two games and still spin it positive and go back, you know, two and a half years ago and be like, remember when he played decent in one of those games? Like, that's that's fine. Like, that is for sure your uh, your prerogative on it. I just don't think he has a strong arm at all. I think his decision-making, which we were led to believe coming out of college was top-notch, is not. He's not super athletic. We know he's not mobile at all. So 
What does he do really well? Like, what's his best thing? Also, what's the best game that he's played? What's his best game that he's ever played? I bet it wasn't in a close game. Doesn't I don't think there was a single close game that he's played played great in. All right, you can join the program just like Jesse did at 617-779-7937. We'll get to our bet du jour, our best bet for the weekend. So anything tonight, college football tomorrow, anything on the NFL slate on Sunday, we will give you our best bet for the weekend coming up next here on WEI. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEI. Take it up until 9 o'clock tonight, and then it's the uh, Boomer Esiason football show. So plenty of time for uh, your thoughts on this Patriots team, 617-779-7937. We will talk some Celtics and Bruins, and also I have some thoughts. We might save it for grab bag on uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs. Not necessarily what was on the field, but all this stuff going on outside with Arcia and Bryce Harper and baseball writers attacking other baseball writers, the whole thing. That's actually been very entertaining. Uh, but let's do our bet du jour. That is, of course, the bet of the day. And uh, yesterday, Stiz, we're killing it, you and me, on the Thursday night football. We now improved to 3-1-1, one, and one, both of us betting Thursday night games. Andy Hart got his first Thursday night win as we had the Chiefs laying 10.5 against the Broncos, and they beat them by 11. Yeah, it was, it got close there for a second. <laughs> take but... it. I'll take it. A win is a win. All right, so we have the whole weekend slate to choose from, which can be kind of daunting. Like, there's almost too much stuff to bet. But uh, where are you going here tonight? Yeah, this was this one was kind of tough because I, I didn't know where to look. But I'm going to go with my Patriots. Okay. And I'm going to go Patriots money line plus one thirty. The boys are going to pull it off. Okay. Right. I, I, Pats Dave's on gotta, the money line. Yeah. Okay. Not a bad bet. Let's a little go. juice on that. All right. I'm in desperate need of a win. I've I've lost a bunch of these in a row. So I'm just going to go with a Tyreek Hill anytime touchdown. It's like minus one forty. It's not a ton of juice, but. The Dolphins are playing the Panthers. I would expect the Dolphins to score a ton of points. I kind of like the over in that game, but it's pretty high, and I don't know how many points the Panthers are going to score. So I will take Tyreek Hill to uh, score a touchdown in that one. Um, we're looking at the AFC East for the weekend. The uh, The Buffalo Bills have the Sunday night game against the New York Giants, where they are 15-point favorites. That is a that is a big big spread, although I'd probably still take Probably still take Buffalo in that one. Buffalo's been a weird team to figure out this year. They're 3-2. and two. They lost to Zach Wilson in the game where Aaron Rodgers went down on the fourth play. And then they blew out the Raiders, Commanders, and Dolphins. And then they lose last week in London to the Jaguars. So hard to figure out what the what the Buffalo Bills are so far this year. But Zach's been doing all right, Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah, he has. The last couple yeah. of games, Zach Wilson has done pretty well. And so he and the Jets are home to the Eagles. Uh, Eagles still undefeated. They haven't looked amazing, but I mean five and zero is is five and zero. So the Jets are at home. The Jets are two and three. Like that's the thing. Aaron Rodgers has barely played, and the Patriots even beat the Jets head to head, and yet they are still looking up at them in the standings. It's crazy, and you just you know, I would say right now the Jets are a better team than the Patriots. You kind of have to give them that because Zach Wilson is playing decent enough. They have a legit wide receiver and Garrett Wilson. They got a legit running back in Brees Hall. So Patriots and Jets play each other last game of the regular season. 
can't imagine a whole lot's going to be on the line outside of maybe, you know, where the Patriots are drafting and probably similar for the Jets. Like, I don't think the Jets have enough to make the playoffs. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Although I know Aaron Rodgers said he's going to try to come back. Although I don't know how many guys tear their Achilles and are able to come back in just a few months. That seems like one that's going to really put you on the shelf. He seems pretty pumped when I see him on uh, McAfee's show. I know. He's, he's challenging Travis Kelsey to debates. Yeah. Oof. Would you watch must, that? Would you watch, an Aaron, watch Ro- <laughs> Would you watch an Aaron Rodgers-Travis Kelsey debate about the COVID vaccine? I'd probably catch that. Well, is uh, Taylor Swift going to be there? Well, That's good, the big question. Good point. She was there last night? Yeah, she was, yeah. So her, and this is, I, I, I circled this for grab bag as well, or maybe this week in Dork, either way, it applies to both. So her movie, which is just like her concert, right? They, they yep. chopped it up, like yep. all the con, like the crazy stadium tour that she was on, or the Eras tour, I the should Eras, say. Did yep. you get that correct? Uh, that comes out this weekend. Actually, people might be driving on their way to the theater right now, yeah, listening to us, private. getting ready to sit and watch a, a Taylor Swift show. So, she attended three games, three games, uh, three Chiefs games, right? Three of the last four weeks, I believe. Yeah. Is that it? Now that the movie's out, is that was that? Oh, you think it's all PR? Kind of do. Mm. Well, we know she got some free commercials out of it, which normally would cost a pretty penny, and she got them to promote it. Not only do they talk about it, it's like you're right away you're promoting it just by talking about her. But then they act like literally showed commercials, like full on trailers for the thing. So does she sort of say thanks for that? Pull the plug. Travis Kelsey also gets a nice increase in jersey sales and uh, social media followers and all that. So it's a, it's a fun little story. But maybe she's like, all right, that's it. I did. I did it for the movie. Well, I'm a hopeless romantic, sure. so I think it's a hundred percent real. Think they're in love. Fairy to love, Rich. Yeah, love. It's possible. I think you have a you'd have a good argument if she's there next week or the week after that cuz it seems like now like the transaction would be over now. And it almost worked out too perfect where he played on Thursday night the day before her movie came out. Like of yeah. course she was going to be there. So anyway, we'll- did you see Travis Kelsey's mom was asked about Taylor Swift like, "Oh, you know, she was yeah. in the box with you." Like, yeah. you know, did you like her? And she was just like, "Yeah, she's okay." Yeah. It just Don, yeah, like, Donna wow, Kelsey kind of downplayed Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like couldn't be bothered. So do you think that might also lead into the fact that the whole thing could be a sham? Or maybe the you know, it's tough to impress the mom. Could be tough to impress you the mom. You know what I mean? She could yeah. be like one of those moms that's hard to impress. That's that's it's her true. little boy. She met her pretty quick too. Yeah, that yeah, real quick. Right next thing you know, boom, right there in the suite right next to you, wearing the Chiefs uh colors. I don't know. We'll see. But that's a lot of uh, for like a, like a relationship just starting out. That seems like a lot of times to be going to a game. I want her at Gillette, though. I'm not gonna lie. I know, but that's not until December 18th. I know. That's a way. That's a ways away. It is Monday Night Football, though, so there'll be a lot of eyeballs on it. ABC, ESPN have it. So yeah, and she has a special relationship with Gillette. So yes, she does. And like everybody says, she might she might even ring the bell. For God's sakes. Might even go up there and ring the bell before the before the game starts. All right, one hour down, two hours to go here on the Rich Keefe Show. I should have also mentioned this, too, Stids. We are open to horror movie suggestions as well. It's October, but it's also Friday the 13th. So if you have any horror movie suggestions that you want to give me and Stiz the rest of the way, we can mix those in. We can mix those in seamlessly with our Patriots talk. But also, I want to get to the Celtics and the Bruins. So if you've been waiting around because it's been so much Mac Jones, Bill Belichick talk, and you want any uh, any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns about the C's or the B's, we'll do that coming up next.